0: Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 82. I just had to redo that opening because I originally said, hello, listener, as if there's only one of you. I know there's at least three. (laughs) I haven't looked at the stats in a while, actually. I'm not much of a stats guy. But anyway, how's it going? Hello, welcome. It is day 295 of my quarantine. Uh, For those of you who are anally keeping track of those numbers and calculating against the last podcast, you will discover that it is off by three because I was doing my journaling book project, which we'll talk about later. And I realized my quarantine started on a different day than I thought it had. All quarantine. I had three extra days of quarantine underneath my belt. So, yeah. It'll be 300 days this week. That's pretty crazy. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, Happy belated Hanukkah. Festivus. Kwanzaa. Uh, Yeah. Good times. I'm not much of a... You know, it's interesting. I, I... Historically, not being particularly Christian, I've not been much of a Christmas guy, but I've been getting into it a little bit. It ebbs and flows each year. This year, my wife was chagrined to discover that I needed to listen to a lot of Christmas songs, and I just listened to a shit ton of Christmas songs for like three days straight. And I I, I, I know a lot of it, All of this has to do with Jane and sort of like the thoughts of common memories and do I want her to have those memories that I had of like you know vague Christmas cheer and trees and stuff and I I guess I do so I'm just sort of kind of going through the motions a little bit until she going to develop her own opinion, but she seemed to like it, and she, she liked opening presents. She, she understood it was Christmas, she really liked the tree, didn't care about Christmas songs. We talked to my mom every, every other day, and she sings her Christmas songs, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't really care. Christmas songs doesn't really you know She likes songs, and she likes the Christmas songs. she just doesn't really know their Christmas songs or care.) I- <laughs> Uh, she she got some good presents. She got a lot of books, a lot of clothes. She got one of those old school metal Tonka truck dump trucks. That was from my mom. It was really a present for me. Who are we kidding? It was a little disappointing, though. You know, Tonka makes this vintage series metal, vintage metal dump trucks as opposed to the shitty plastic ones. But the vintage metal one is still mostly shitty plastic. The the, the, the dump truck bed is metal, but, you know, the cab is plastic and the wheel the bottom base is plastic and mine was all metal so you know and they they cost a pretty penny too man they're not messing around it was from my mom so you know that's nice but yeah yeah those Tonka trucks all uh show no go i don't know maybe maybe that's it Uh, I got Emma this really sweet present. I'm very proud of it over the last, like, not not even recently. Like, between, like, 2010 and 2015, on our various travels, Emma went and saw, well, we, both of us, went and saw all four of the space shuttles. Like, we went to Kennedy Space Center, and we went to the Transportation Museum at the Smithsonian in D.C., at Dulles Airport. Uh, We went to L.A. to visit the one there. We went to the Intrepid Museum in New York. And I didn't even really notice this, but the whole time we were going, she would pose in front of each one of them and she even like would hold up fingers. And this was across years you know. What I mean? and I didn't notice she was doing it until I was sorting photos last Christmas. And I was like, Oh my God, I have, but I had to like look it up in Wikipedia and I was like, well, no, she really, she's been, we've been to all four of them now. And, and she's like, uh, got this picture. So I got her like a nice, like sort of four up two by two photo frame on canvas, shutterfly, kind of of affair of her with all four space shuttles i was very proud of that gift that was that was a long game you know? <laughs> and then uh, i got phones for him and janet i got this sweet internal air quality monitoring device that i had in my amazon wish list that i wanted i haven't set it up yet though uh and some sweet sweatpants that i'm wearing now you know uh, pandemic wear <laughs> Christmas dinner was good. We well, so you know it's weird. We have this like multiple traditions. We have like the tradition of Emma and I, Emma and I, Emma and I, when we were first dating and living in New England and not near and either of our families, and we would kind of just get Chinese food and go to the model, you know. And then when we moved down here. We had some friends here, and that's also their tradition to get Chinese food, so we kept the Chinese food tradition, but we also sort of brought back traditional nice Christmas, because I I was doing Thanksgiving, and I was getting good at it, and... It's a lot of work to learn how to do Thanksgiving. I mean, this year I could do it in my sleep, but like when you're first learning and you're like, well, I learned all this and I would like to try it a second time before I forget it all. So we started doing a nice thing or a nice Christmas dinner too. So we would do that on Christmas Eve and then we'd do the Chinese food on Christmas. And I wasn't sure I was going to work this year. Like if you could even get Chinese food on Christmas so we had the traditional one on christmas eve and it was lovely it was delicious janet came over for that one that's the other thing janet's here so she does that one with us because she's not really (laughs) into shitty chinese food so you know We did both Uh, The turkey came out great I'm like of the type of family That basically Christmas and Thanksgiving Are basically the same meal Like when I was a kid I think my mom like added a ham or something But we still had the turkey Everything else was the same And I just make the exact same thing Because I like it And I don't really make anything i don't like anyway from the thanksgiving you know there's no like sweet potatoes with marshmallows i hate that shit and there's no like cranberry sauce it's cool if you like this stuff don't get me wrong but nobody in our family does so we don't make it so we just made, you know so i made the same thing uh it was lovely christmas evening more christmas eve morning janet likes to point out to me that there's no such thing because eve is evening but anyway i uh I made the dinner with Jane because, you know, I have Jane in the morning, right? So I have to start this meal at like 8 a.m. And uh, at one point I had Jane on my shoulders and I took the turkey out of the oven to baste and flip it because I'm a bird flipper. I don't spatchcock and I totally believe in flipping the bird. And uh, I did all of that with Jane on my shoulders and put it back in the oven with Jane on my shoulders. And I like, I am super dad. I felt really good about that. Of course, I'm not super dad because right now I need to be out in the yard doing some angle grinding. And instead, I'm down here in the basement doing my podcast. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, like I think I told you guys about all the tool revamping and all that. And in the tool revamping and the battery normalization and all that that project, I got an angle grinder because I've been watching all these angle grinding videos. I've never really used one. You know, I took shop classes in elementary school and or junior high and high school, and my dad taught me a lot, but angle grinders weren't really a thing in the 80s, I guess. I don't know. I, maybe I never saw my, you know, we had grinding wheels, and you could get, like, uh, grinding wheels for your circular saw, but, like, angle grinders, super useful, but kind of terrifying, you know? So we have these, I've learned they're called T-posts. They're these like eight foot tall metal posts that you drive into the ground made out of steel that you hang barbed wire from for like keeping cattle in a pen and that sort of thing. And apparently our lot used to be part of some sort of livestock farm of some sort, which is really confusing because it's really wooded. Uh, I think maybe goats. Uh, And, you know, we have a pond, but the pond used to be a ravine before it was dammed. So I assume that this, this, these, T-posts were here keeping your goats from falling into this ravine you know 50 years ago or something cuz the pond is really old it's like that that the the levee dam on the pond is like at least 40 years old we know we know that so anyway they're like in our woods and we have trails that we've made through our woods and we have a daughter and we've been wanting to get rid of these posts emma over the last not, not when we first moved in the first few years emma gathered up all the old rusty barbed wire so that's gone but these posts are like in the way and they're annoying and you cannot pull them out of the ground so our neighbor had the same problem and he was like oh you know what i did is i just angle ground them at the base and then i sledgehammered them into the ground so I was like, all right, this is time to learn to use my angle grinder. And I didn't, it was fine. It's exactly what you think. It's not really that scary. It's like tools are scary until you use them and then they're fine. Uh, so I was angle grinding these posts, but the, it really like, we only use the small 20 watt or the smallest of the DeWalt 20 volt max series batteries, the 300 amp ones, because we just don't use our tools a lot, you know, and the big, and Emma's got weak wrists. So she likes the small batteries but they get hot and you can only do one post per battery and we only have like three or four of these batteries and there's like 20 of these posts so it's we're doing them across several days you gotta wait for the you know the battery to cool off before you can use it again so i'm supposed to be out there right now doing angle grinding every non-rainy day Uh, and i think i'll get to it after this podcast hopefully so yeah but uh, yeah, uh, let's see. The kitties are doing great. They seem to have been mostly trained to not eat electrical cables. That was kind of the big last remaining hurdle. Emma got some of this tape that you wrap your cables with, and when they try and bite on it, it tastes bad or something. And so she did that to her office and the theater room, and let the cats run around in there until they like kind of got acclimated that they shouldn't chew on cables. And they've been pretty good. They don't. We still don't let them into my office, which is you know of course cable land. But they go in the playroom, they go in the living room, they go in the theater, they go in the office, they hang out with Jane. And it's like they're basically our cats now. It's nice. They're not just hiding up in the guest bedroom where we are fostering. You know, they feel like they're kind of becoming members of the family. And this is also really relevant because that guest bedroom is the one and only access to this part of the house we call Narnia. It's kind of half the reason I wanted to buy the house. When we bought the house, I didn't really like this house. I still have some issues with this house. It's a wonderful house. It's amazing in so many ways, but it's very traditional looking. It's not, you know, I had an image of either going, I was such a cliched, like, yuppie American hipster. I was like, I have visions of either living in an old farmhouse or a mid-century modern thing. And, you know, this is like a pretty well-built, like American modern craftsman. And it's like not a McMansion and it looks good, but I just didn't like it. So we struck a deal because in the guest bedroom, there's a walk-in closet. And then behind at the back of that closet, there's a door and you open that door and there's another walk-in closet. And then on the back of that closet, there's a door and you open that door and it opens up into the eaves of the house. And there's this big sort of attic area. And I was like, I made a deal with him. She really wanted this house and I wanted to keep looking. And I was like, okay, deal. If you let me take this attic area and turn it into a Narnian paradise, I will let you, you know, I will agree to buy this house. And she just didn't even think about it. She's like, deal. And (laughs) it wasn't the right house for us in a lot of ways because it didn't have two offices at the time. Uh, Well, it had two offices, but Emma's office, Emma wants first floor office because she has bad knees. And so she's going to put her office in the dining room. And, you know, all these compromises were made, but she just really wanted it. And so I was like, all right, well this is fine. I'm gonna make this cool Narnian paradise in here. It's gonna look like Narnia, and eventually I'm gonna build a wardrobe over that door, and then you're gonna to have to climb through the wardrobe to go into Narnia, and it's gonna fucking rule, right? And I got pretty far along. Like I painted the floor, like it has grass and snow, and I got a lamp post, and I got like all these like cool lights and moons and stuff, and and it was starting to look like Narnia. But then eventually Emma just took it over for storage, and I'm still a little bitter about it to this day. I built these amazing shells and had all my Knickknacks in there, uh, but the way she got me out of there was when she we redid the basement to make her an office finally because she accepted she would walk up and downstairs. Because when she moved in this house, she was doing it all the time, her knees got stronger. This is so interesting, I know. And I got to build my library and then I built all the shelves there, so she kicked me out of Narnia. So, anyway, Narnia is mostly just not, it's just storage now. but that's where I want to grow my plants, right? So I bought these two awesome grow lights from my friend Nick and I want to put like a shelf up in there and I want to do more growing because I'm doing it in the garage and it's going well, but it's not great because it gets too cold in the garage. So I want to do it in Narnia, but I couldn't do it in Narnia until the kitties were safely ready to move around the house because it was really hard to get into Narnia when you had to like go through the kitty room and the kitties were under your feet and they're trying to get in there with you and all that. So now that the cats are free... I think I will be able to start growing in Narnia instead of the garage. The garage is going okay for the growing, but the plants get a little stunted and I need more room so yeah that's all very exciting cats are free their names are roy and keely after ted lasso they are both bottoms of the bottoms family like our old cat mrs fanny bottoms they're actually lieutenant roy bottoms and dr mckeely bottoms but we call them roy and keely they're really huge man kittens they grow fast these cats are big it's pretty crazy i don't know how big they're gonna get i'm kind of freaking out about it they might turn into like i don't know giant cats and then we're going to be stuck with giant cats for two years, but it's been pleasant. They just sort of walk around and you're like walking around your house doing a thing and you're like, Oh, there's a cute cat. And it's definitely adds to like the general ambience of the whole situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that, uh, uh, health is like my health is in the shitter. I've been eating like garbage. Uh, I got like four more days of indulgence and then I'm starting with the new year back on the diet. So we'll talk about that next time it's bad man (laughs) i mean i've only gained like five or six pounds since the low of my diet and i'm not even at the peak i was in pandemic before the first round of dieting but i just feel terrible and i'm just like oh my god i need to start eating healthier and of course now our fridge is filled with like christmas and chinese leftovers (laughs) for lunch i had fried rice and turkey (laughs) it was awesome it was awesome so that's bad. Uh, my finger's still bad, but it's doing okay. But the big worrying thing is that the middle finger on my left hand also is slowly developing into a trigger finger. It doesn't hurt at all, but occasionally it's doing the little delay when you make a fist. And now I'm really wigging out. This pandemic needs to end. I need to get the vaccine so I can start going to doctors and get a deal with my fingers. It's it's really... it's quite problematic. And then there's this whole thing like that not dissimilar to the cats and gardening thing where <laughs> so I got a new phone back when the new phones came out right so I have the iPhone 12 Pro and uh, I was really really curious about the MagSafe uh and I wanted to try the MagSafe because I have like a lot of problems at night my phone's my alarm clock and you know that and then in cars I like the idea of like you could just mount your phone in the car and it would get power and magnet off from the same thing and it just seemed kind of cool. But I couldn't do that with the ring, right? So I'm obsessed with having a ring on the back of my phone so I can twirl my phone and hold it in my hand and still use my hands. I've been using a ring for years and I just love them. I stand by them. I, I swear by the rings, but I was starting to become convinced that the ring was part of the reason why my finger was getting bad. So I was like, okay, we're going to just do all this with this new iPhone. We're going to not get a ring. We're going to get the MagSafe case and we're going to get the MagSafe charger and we're going to start charging and we're not going to use the ring. And uh, so I've been doing that for three months now. And you know, I guess my my finger is potentially a little bit better, but I feel like it didn't make a difference, and so I don't really know what I'm gonna do. I could get a ring, but you can't use the charger. It's kind of a big problem, and I feel like I'm the only person that has it. And I put a Google alert on MagSafe iPhone ring, but there's been no alerts, so I don't really know what to do about that. <laughs> and it's like tied in my finger. Is it making my finger better? Is it not? And I feel like now my finger is better-ish. I mean, it's not better, but it's improved. And I'm like, I should try the ring again, because if it gets worse, then it's definitively the ring's fault. But I'm also doing these exercises. Also, I keep doing the exercises, and I try the ring, then I'll know. And so, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. It's a giant nightmare of a very small size. (laughs) I mean, don't worry, I keep perspective, I promise. I'm staying informed, I get properly outraged at the state of the world at least once or twice a day, just like the rest of you guys. We are taking a little break from that on the podcast these days, but uh, yeah, no shortage of outrage over here still, let me tell you. So Jane is doing well. It's crazy how fast she's developing. Uh, She, yeah, she talks more and she's more conversational every day. But I realized the weirdest thing is that she doesn't ask why, because we've never taught her how to say why or ask why. So like everybody was like, your kid is just going to ask you why all the time. And I'm kind of looking forward to it. But she doesn't ask why, because she doesn't know about asking why, because she doesn't really watch TV and we haven't really told her about it. (laughs) So the other day I sat her down and I was like, trying to teach her the concept of why from scratch right and i'm like did you ever wonder why the sky is blue did you ever wonder why this it's because of this whenever you're wondering why something is like that you can just say daddy why blah 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 and like i don't yeah, you know, she kind of got it but like she's not saying why so i'm like i'm trying to remember now to do it to her why are we going upstairs we're going upstairs because it's lunchtime why are we doing this and it's really hard to do and also but i think it's kind of cool that we like just raised her denial <laughs> Ask why it kind of reminds me of my friend Nick, who for years his child didn't know that there were toy stores in the world. So I don't know, but I am teaching her, I'm trying to teach her now to ask why. Uh, she's very obsessed with the kitties and her stuffed kitties, she's got like like all these stuffed kitties. And there's this weird thing where like I called one of them a calico and, and Janet and Emma called it Siamese. And I, you know, I mean, I guess they're more right because calico, like the patterns are all over the place and Siamese it's, you know, nose top head, and paws, But like, in my mind, Siamese always has a touch of black and this stuffed kitty didn't have any black. So I was like calling it a calico. And Jane just adapted. When she's around me, she calls it calico. And when she's around them, she calls it Siamese. And I'm like, oh, this is like how kids are bilingual. They just say what the other parent says. It's kind of interesting. Um, and she's really obsessed with checking the song, every song that comes on the radio. We have to go over to the wall because we have like a wall panel for our XM radio. She's like, check the song. And she has to walk over and check the song. But... She's starting to read them herself, which is super cool. It was a uh, psychedelic phrase, "Love My Way" the other day, and she came over there and she was like, "Love My." She didn't know way, but I was like, "Oh my god!" She's like doing this. She's reading. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, anyway, and then she really loved opening presents, but she didn't really care about the presents themselves. She's really obsessed with cornbread right now. Way, way, way obsessed with cornbread. It's kind of out of control. I've never seen, i I consider myself a very enthusiastic cornbread connoisseur, but my God, man, this, this girl is obsessed with cornbread. I feel like I'm making it all the time. Luckily, cornbread is super easy to make kind of weird. They make cornbread mix. It's just like the easiest thing. Anyway, yeah, she's doing good. She's doing good. We got a game called Bonk and Bonk that we play on the nights that I watch her. We played last night. I, I had her, I had bedtime last night. I sit on the floor and I pick her up and I throw her over my head and I bonk her on the couch and then I throw her down in front of me and I bonk her head in front of me on the ground. Then I throw her back on the couch and then I flip her over and then I flip her again and I land her and she just loves it. It's like being on a little personal roller coaster and she makes me do it. Like at first it was four or five times. So now I'm doing it like 20, 30 times a night and it's like calisthenics and I'm kind of into it. And I'm like, this is my exercise and I'm doing weight training with my, my daughter is the weights and I'm also kind of doing sit-ups when I do it it stretches it's pretty awesome bonk and bonk and then today uh, I wanted to document this so last night Emma was up in the in the playroom while we were doing bedtime because she, I don't remember why, she had something she needed to do up there with the kitties. So I had her film the bonk and bonk routine because I figured this would be useful in the future. And then I saw myself and I was just like, oh my God, (laughs) my belly, like I've only gained like five pounds or six pounds, but it's like all in my belly and it looks so big. And my hair is just so bad right now because I haven't cut it all year. And like, you know, if I had to go out, I would do something with my hair and I would like, put some dry shampoo in it and give it some volume and wear it right. But like, I don't do that during the day. I like throw a barrette in and then I put a ponytail in the back because like, it's not quite long enough in the front for a man bun yet. And Like not that that looks that much better. So it just looks fucking terrible. And I don't see myself and Emma's too polite to mention it, but I was looking at it in the video and I was like, Oh my God, I look awful. And it was exactly the kind of motivation I needed to start my diet next week. Let me tell you, Boy, I'm glad you guys aren't getting a good look at me right now. All right, projects. Let's see. So uh, I've gotten some really good time lapse, sunrise time lapses over the pond. I've got that pretty close to being mastered. I bought this like $7 lens hood for the camera for the iPhone and it looks really good and I'm getting really good ones every time. Uh, I forgot to do it this morning. I got to check the weather. It's this whole thing now cause it's in the winter and it's rainy. And so like half the days are rainy and I can't do it in the rain because the phone's waterproof, but the cabling isn't waterproof and you need to keep the phone plugged in cause it needs to stay active to have the timer go off. So it's a whole thing. But when I get it going, and when I get it right, they, they look beautiful, and I'm really happy with that project. Um, I'm going to think I'm going to, the next really good one I get, I think I'm going to bring it into Final Cut Pro and check out what their how their color correction stuff is in there. I remember they moved Shake into Final Cut at some point, and I bought Final Cut years ago, so I have it. Um, yeah, and see if I can not do some color processing on it. Maybe I'll try Premiere. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, it's that's coming along. It's kind of nice. Uh, there's still only one up on YouTube, but there will be more eventually. Uh, and then the big thing now is I'm doing all the year-end updates. I got all these you know tasks I do at the end of the year. I sorted all my photos. There were about 5,000 photos in the camera uploads folder. I sorted them according to my sorting protocol. I wrote a whole long article on the internet on Medium for my, sorted, my photo sorting methodology, which I swear to God is the best photo sorting methodology. So if you're curious, you can just Google Rick Webb Medium photo sorting and you'll find it. It's a great article i'm very proud of it and i got all the photos done and then i have a, another secret of my organizational life is there's a folder on my desktop called sort me and that's how i keep a clean desktop it's i just throw everything in that folder and uh but i sort that folder once a year minimum and so i sorted that whole folder that had about a thousand items in it that took way longer than the four thousand photos because the four thousand photos would be like 30 photos of jane in a row so you could just grab them all and throw them in the jane folder every single item in the sort folder was something different so it was really really long it took like three days i mean not full time i was doing it during work on the you know when i wasn't busy but like probably like 10 hours of solid work that was rough i was uh when i do these year-end tasks i really start with the most painful ones you you know i'm just like get the worst ones out of the way and those that's by far the worst one and then the second worst one is formatting my journals into a book so to recap from last year i write every day in 750 words about three pages of private journal entries this is separate from the facebook post that i know some of you read and some of you don't and at the end of the year i take all these journal entries and i bind them into a book i print them up so i, I, I export them out of a 750 words.com which is a wonderful site i strongly recommend it it is a daily habit building site for reading that my friend buster and kellyanne run and I export them out of there and I put them into a Scrivener document with all my other journals for my entire life, which is like over a million words now. And that's the one I use to search. Or if you were to like text me, what were you doing on January 5th, 1983? I'd be like, Well, I'm not sure, but here's the closest day, blah, blah, blah. And then from there, I take them and I put all the this year's entries into one big pages document, Word document, and I format it for print in a book. And then I send off the PDF and I get a book printed, two copies, one for my library and one for the storage unit is backup. And I do that because in the old days, I would write my journal back you know, on floppy disks in Clarisworks or something, and it became a complete nightmare, always migrating these different file formats across over 30 years now. And I realized one day I might mess up, right? And I'm using pages app by Apple. And like, there was some somewhere on pages four or five, they changed the file format and you had to like reopen everything. And I was like, this is just so risky. So number one, I'm going to put them all into this book writing software. Cause at any moment I can a- export an RTF and number two, I'm just going to make printouts. So even if like digital fails completely, at least I'll have my words in the future, you know? So it's sort of like a hardcore archiving process. So the journal this year is probably about 650 pages of a printed book and uh, but I, I got these macros I use the function keys to like you know do the headers I do a lot of find and replaces and I got it done in like three days it wasn't bad two hours a day for three days an hour and a half a day for three days. It was quick and I, you know, I did that uh, mostly on the holiday here and so that one's done. So now that those are done, the worst projects of my year-end projects are done and that is very, very exciting. I feel great about it. And then the third worst project I finished today, which is sorting all my emails to myself that I write all year. On my phone I have an app called Captio, it's on my homepage, home screen of my phone and all it does is it emails yourself. It is a lifesaver an app, I love it more than anything in the world. It's the best way to remind myself to do something, you just type in there and hit send, there's no other interface, you don't have to do new note or anything like that. And when it's sent it goes to my inbox so I can immediately deal with it next time in front of the computer, which is great. So, you know, if it's nighttime and I'm with Jane, I just go blah, 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 blah. and hit send. And then the next morning when I'm working, it's there and I can deal with it. Uh, But also, all those Captio notes go to Evernote and they just pile up all year. And it's supposedly a pretty quick task. The point is in Evernote, like sometimes I write like quick song lyrics or sometimes I write really funny stuff to myself when I'm drunk. And sometimes Jane uses Captio and type stuff. And I want to just pull those out and put them into separate notebooks away from the vast majority of the captios, which are like, don't forget to water the plants or, you know, email this person for work or whatever. So the task should be pretty quick. There's about 1200 of these captios, these emails in my, in in an Evernote. And the idea is I just scan them all and I look for like the 20 or 30 that are song lyrics or something I want to save. And the rest of them, I highlight them all and I drag them into a folder for 2020 and I start fresh. But the problem is this year, Evernote has been completely rewritten into a garbage app that it doesn't work and they made everything slower and it's just a nightmare. And the whole thing took hours and hours and hours this morning, like three and a half hours. And I'm super annoyed, but I got it done. And, but my God, am I mad at Evernote. They changed the app, they rewrote it from an app that has its own desktop database on your computer that syncs to the database in the cloud to an app that just is a web app, right? Which is theoretically fine, but it makes it a lot slower. And if you want to do something like highlight a hundred notes and drag them to another notebook, it just doesn't let you do it. It's just so broken. It's, it was really, really frustrating, but that one's done too now. So most of the big difficult projects are done. I'm going to finish my media consumption list and my best of for the year, but I don't do those till January because I'm a completist and I don't believe you should make a best of list until you've seen everything in a year. Uh, I got to update my will document and a couple other things, but each one of the rest of the tasks are pretty quick. So I I, I'm happy. Uh, I got like nine or 10 more days of vacation and I don't have to spend most of it in front of the computer, which is really, really exciting. I feel, I feel great about that. So that's done Uh, gardening is going well I got some big broccolis out there I can see them outside my window it's really really exciting and I started a little herb garden in the corner of my studio so I have some plants in the studio now another reason the cats can't come in here because they keep trying to eat all the herbs. But, uh, yeah, it's going really, really well. My compost pile is doing really well. I'm going to deal with that tomorrow to go out there and water it and turn it. It's beautiful compost pile really looking like compost. (laughs) I'm really obsessed with compost. And then, you know, the, the garden in the garage is going great. I got this little space heater because the garage is getting too cold and it's working, but, uh, I need more space. So that's very exciting that Narnia will be hopefully by the time I talk to you guys next in two weeks, narnia will be up and running ah uh, yes and then the studio reorganization is happening tomorrow the focus didn't in- arrive in time it is here the new audio interface uh i was stupid of course and i forgot to check cabling and i don't have all my cables so i had to order those so the cables will be here tomorrow so I'm, or monday so starting monday will be like two or three days of completely rewiring the studio which is very very exciting and then i'm gonna try and make music again wish me luck wish me luck yeah that's about it uh not a lot going on with work uh i've been trying to keep up with the all the various uh, lawsuits against antitrust lawsuits against google and facebook i've read two of them so far i've read the ftc and states attorneys general versus facebook and i read the states attorneys general versus google actually i read three because I then i read the before those i already talked about it i read the ftc against google so i read the three main ones uh these guys are in trouble man <laughs> we might see the breakup of big tech. I I, I'm cautiously optimistic. They are very solid cases. There are some fundamental risks at the base of it though. It's going to be hard. It's untested extending antitrust law to network effects. So we'll see how that goes, but they have done some blatantly anti-competitive stuff nonetheless. And I think it'll be interesting. It's going to, it's going to be a big thing in 2021. Won't that be crazy? Uh, anyway, Whew. moving on to the media. Let's see, NetflixDVD.com is totally screwed. You may have heard about the post office being screwed, well, That is wildly impacting my subscription to DVD.com, which is kind of a bummer. I mean, it's only seven bucks a month, but I'm supposed to have two at a time, and I've which you know, if you're rotating through, you should get six or seven or eight a month, and I've gotten like one or two a month. One of them took like. 18 days to arrive and it was taking so long I reported it as missing and then I got two of the same one so that was kind of a nightmare Uh yeah man the postal service is bad scene right now I mailed like all these packages to my family in Alaska and I mailed them on the 13th of December and on the 21st of December they were still in North Carolina they hadn't even gotten to like headed to Alaska I mean obviously it's figured it would take a while to get to them but That was bad, man. So, you know, like the ramifications on Netflix's uh, mailing disc business are pretty profound. (laughs) I don't really know if anybody else is having this problem. But I've only gotten like one movie all month, and that was Call Me By Your Name. So that's up in my plex. Uh, I added Buck Rogers in the 25th Century from 1979 because it was one of my favorite films as a kid, and I forgot about it. I added Tenet, and I added Butterfield 8, uh, old classic. But, uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, not a lot of movies have been up there. I haven't sold a ton of Discogs. I sold that Auburn Lull CD that I had bought. uh, No, I'm sorry. I sold the Asha Vita CD I had bought as one of one. And then the same person I sold an Auburn Lull CD alone I admire. Auburn Lull is another Michigan space rock band along with Asha Vita. And they're just fantastic. And I love that album so much. Ordered it on vinyl. It should be here next week. Uh, I re-listened to it. Auburn Lull is just... One of the most beautiful ambient atmospheric bands I've ever heard. And they just, oh, they still work, man. They're so good. Auburn Lull alone, I admire. Uh, I sold my CD copy of Bee Gees number one, I assumed, to somebody that watched the Bee Gees documentary on HBO, which I'm going to watch this week. I haven't got to it yet, but I will. And I sold the Little Bird CD single by Annie Lennox, except I didn't have it anymore because I already sold it. So I had to give the guy a refund. Whoops. (laughs) I felt bad about that. My Taylor Swift folklore vinyl finally arrived. The Meet Me at the Mall edition on gray vinyl. And you know what? I've been listening to it on vinyl. I actually like the album a lot more now. I'm really into it. Maybe it's because the other ones come out too. I don't know. Side 1A of folklore on vinyl is just like perfect. It's really good. And then I got a Vinyl Me Please record. uh, Billie Holiday's Lady Sings the Blues which was lovely and uh one of emma's christmas presents was this weird ass x-files record called uh it's not songs in the key of x it's a different one i can see it from here Uh, the beauty and the light i think it's called and it's so weird it's like mark snow music with snippets of uh dialogue it was a record store day release it was originally only released on cd in 1996 So I got it for Emma as a gift because she's a giant X-Files fan. She doesn't have a record player. So last night after we watched uh, Wonder Woman, we were sitting in my office listening to it. And we're just like, this is a really cheesy record. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. I listened to some music this week and last week. But really, I spent most of the time clearing out my to investigate queue of stuff I already listened to to get it cleared out and ready for 2021. And I finished that. It was like 32 hours of music. Uh, But then I I did listen to about 15 new records this week. I listened to the new self-titled Gene album, J-E-E-N. Gene is a woman. I thought it was a space rock band, but it's a space rock woman, and apparently she lives in New York, and it's awesome, and I love Gene so much. I mentioned her before. She had an album two years ago when I thought it was a they. Uh, Yeah, just great record, great band, Gene. One of my favorites of new bands. Uh, Joji, who's like a Korean smooth R&B guy. He had a new record, Nectar. I didn't like it as much as it was his old stuff, but it was pretty solid. I finally got around to listening to the new Eels, Earth to Dora, which was mellow and interesting and fun. And I almost kept starring songs thinking I liked them a lot, but I never only ended up starring one. But they're all really close to being perfect. It's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, and then I just listened to the new killers imploring the miracle, which I thought I already listened to because I was listening to all the singles that came out. There's like four singles in advance on Spotify, the way that people release albums now. So when the album finally came out, I already heard half of it. And so I didn't listen to it. You know, I saw it on a couple year end lists and then I looked in my media consumption list and it wasn't there. And I was like, Oh God, huh? I never even listened to it. So I just listened to it right before I did this podcast when I was checking out my other computer for civilization. Oh yeah. That's a whole drama. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Phineas, uh, as in Billy Eilish's brother and co-producer or producer of her records. He has a solo album called Blood Harmony, and I liked it. He's got kind of a boring voice, but it's obviously really well made. It's very depressing. Uh, I hope Phineas is doing all right in life. I mean, he should. He's like the youngest winner of the best record. He's like he won like four Grammys anyway yeah great record and uh let's see sarah devachi figures in open air it's like an ambient thing i really like that but if you're really into ambient music adrian lenker songs so i saw this on a best of list and i put it on my to investigate and i listened to it and then i was like oh my god i listened to an album by her like three years ago and i loved it and i had just forgotten all about her adrian lenker and the new one songs it's like really mellow quiet acoustic lady stuff and it's really good so that was great. Uh, Mary da- Marie Davidson and Loy Nu called Renegade Breakdown. That was a great record. It's kind of like, I can't even explain it. it Maybe like a client liaison meets R&B with a lady singer. It's cool, man. I like that record a lot, especially the title track, Renegade, Renegade Breakdown. That was a great track. I listened to the last two Bobby Gentry albums I haven't listened to, Touch Him With Love and Local Gentry. Both fantastic. Uh, Local Gentry, I think. One of them is mostly covers, and it's really fun. There's a really good cover of Preacher Man and Eleanor Rigby. Her Eleanor Rigby cover was really good. Bobby Gentry, man. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. TR slash ST, Trust, uh, their new album, The Destroyer 2. That was awesome and dark and brooding and cool and weird, and I was super into it. Uh, Brother Tiger, Fundamentals Volume 2. My friend Kevin Carney told me about this when we had a little chat a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was really good. Kind of like... Um, Uh, Emma said it sounded like uncle like sort of late 90s uncle and I think she's right. It's like uh, Mellow Electronica, but it was really good Uh, and rival consoles uh, Articulation another sort of Mellow Electronica record But I was really into that one that one reminded me of this band windsurf I was into about six years ago Good stuff. Uh, I break horses warnings that's a great record that was weird that is like uh yeah it was interesting dark uh maybe like health a little bit like health with a lady singer it was good uh that's about it and then i listened to those three records that i got from my old friend tom philip philip from his record label cars and trains i listened to his new uh, like sort of sludgy you know uh like god fleshy drony kind of shoegaze metal thing true deceiver that was really great uh particles is the name of the album and then that's the one i bought and then he sent me two other ones with it he sent me this one by an uh an artist called usf called the spray that i loved that was really good uh very sort of perky joyous, melodic, electronica mellow. Hard to explain, but really nice. And then the other one was Coho Lips. I didn't like that as much. The first side it was really interesting about that one. Is one side was like really pretty good and the other side I didn't like at all. They're very different. So I don't know. But that was interesting. Whew, television. So I am watching <laughs> the Sky TV, the UK Networks adaptation of Little Birds which is Anaïs Nin's compilation of short stories. Then they turned it into a TV series where they tried to mesh all the short stories into one. And it's really weird and it's not super good, but it's also kind of compelling and I'm still watching it. Uh, It takes place in Morocco and now the CIA is involved, which is really the last thing you'd expect in Anaïs Nin's life. Kind of strange. Uh watch a bunch of SNLs. Uh let's see. There's some there's some good stuff in there. Uh Bruce Springsteen was awesome. Duo Lipa. Oh, Peter Pat. Man, that woman's amazing. Uh Pete Davidson's Eminem thing was amazing. Uh yeah, there's been some good stuff. The uh, what was the other really wonderful surreal? Oh, the like um Kristen Wigg as a World War Two like USO performer skit was just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when SNL gets surreal and it works. Sometimes it's really great. Uh, Mandalorian's over. That was fantastic. If you're a fan, you know, man. Yeah, that was intense. I could talk about it for hours, but I don't want to do spoilers, but that was wonderfully rewarding. We watched the last season of Dr. Who, which was good, but uh, I had some problems. I am starting to miss the old sort of overly complicated. Stephen Moffat plots, <laughs> Back when I were watching those, I was like, ah, just give it, you know what? I wouldn't give her some nice, simple Doctor Who again, but I don't know, man. Some of these plots this season were pretty cheesy. The overall plot arc was good, but, and she's a great doctor, but I don't know. It was, it was fun. We needed it. It was escapist. It it helped. Now we are watching The Expanse and oh my God, that is so dark. (laughs) It's very good, but I'm just like, oh, it makes me kind of nauseous with how mean everybody is, how dark it is. I'm not up for it in this day and age. I really like dystopian stuff normally, but when you live in a dystopia, the escapism of dystopian fiction is somewhat lessened. I have discovered. Uh, and then we watched uh, the latest season of Star Trek Discovery, and I actually loved it. I have not been a fan of that show. And when the season two ended with its cliffhanger sort of plot twist, I was like not looking forward to season three at all. And we postponed and we stalled, but we finally got around to it. And the first two episodes are so good. And then the rest of it, you know, it's got some filler, you know, some like monster that we kind of stuff in the middle, but it was great a season. I was really into it. Strong recommend if you're a Trek fan It it, it delivered, it didn't, it avoided the problematic cliches of most recent Trek. And then we've been watching the last few Drunk Histories uh, because we needed a 30-minute filler after The Expanse, like a palate cleanser, so I didn't go to bed miserable about the future. And those are fun. I think we have, like, two left. And then uh, we watched The Great Holiday Bake Off, because we love the Great British Baking Show, but they did a thing on this last one that was amazing. They had the cast of a show, uh, Dairy Girls, which I had never heard of, but Emma had watched a little bit. And now that we've watched this, Netflix is trying to make us watch this Dairy Girls show. And I was super annoyed. I was like, no man, I want like old bake-off people. I want, I want Alice Favroni and Manon back and, you know, <laughs> my favorites. But, uh, it was the cast of this show and I was like, I was annoyed. And then I watched it and they were so funny and the whole thing was so funny. Like Emma and I were keeling over laughing, which is not something you do like very much in 2020. So it was, that was deeply thankful for the, the great British holiday bake off. <laughs> and then really it's just, for me, it's been a ton of YouTube i've been watching adam savage and his one day builds and tool tips and learning about different tools and this woman april wilkerson who does like home improvement videos i watched her build her whole garage and workshop that was really satisfying uh i've been <laughs> watching the game mechanic and potato mcwhiskey play civilization because i couldn't play civilization because it wouldn't work on my computer and it would crash the whole computer in a really bad way that you had to do a complete system restart and then they said they fixed it and they put out a new version on december 16th and i so excited but it didn't work and my computer still crashes and then I was about to buy a PC so just play on the PC but just today Emma was like don't buy a PC try my old Mac because she has an old iMac and I it's in the closet and I was like oh that's a good idea so just this morning I got out the old iMac and I set it up And I started playing and I've played 20 minutes without a crash, which is the longest I've played Civilization without a crash since like April. So I think it must be something with one specific line of AMD Radeon or uh, the graphics cards, the AMD Radeon Pros, which are in the iMac Pros and the Mac Pros and not in this older, cheaper iMac that emma has so i can play civilization again and i really want to play right now but emma is texting me and bugging me to go do some angle grinding so i guess i won't get to do that now but i'm very excited that that's finally been fixed because it's been miserable in my life um so I've been compensating by watching these YouTube videos, of these expert civ oh. players. And it's been really, really nice. Uh, what else? Oh, I've been watching this guy called, uh, new rock stars, Eric Voss, who does like analysis of all the star Wars and Marvel trailers. He's been, he's been pleasant. Uh, but I was watching, Oh, I watched this. Okay. So this is weird. I watched this guy named Sam crack who fixes up cars, right? He buys like auction cars and stolen cars and, and, uh, well, like recovered stolen cars and stuff like that. And then he fixes them up and I don't know anything about cars, but I like, I'm starting to learn a little bit from this guy. You know, it's sort of like entertaining way to learn the basics. And then he had this one episode with a Ferrari and he was really down and, and, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm just, I, I know this looks like a glamorous life with my barn and all my Lamborghinis and stuff, but honestly I'm broke all the time. And I put, I sunk a ton of money into this Ferrari and I can't get it fixed. And I think I know what's wrong, but I need 12 more thousand dollars to get it fixed. You know, once he sells this thing, it could be for like 70 or 80 grand, you know? So I had to ask my, my stepmother for money. And then his stepmother comes on, and she's just like, sort of looks like a, like kind of like a woman that would be like the the mother in a porn on Pornhub, you know, <laughs> like sort of mid forties, but like really blonde, bimboy. It's hard to explain, but she's like, okay, I'll give you the money if you pimp out my show. And her show is like this this mansion renovation show in Florida, but it, was, it actually was kind of good. So I was like, whatever, I like home renovation YouTube. So I'm watching this show for like a couple weeks. And it's pretty cool. Like they have a pond and they're building a pond and there's a ton of pond maintenance stuff. And that's super useful because we do pond maintenance, you know, and like they're doing the grading and landscaping and drainage. And I really into that stuff. And we, you know, I'm always thinking about the stuff. We're watching another guy named, or I am watching another guy named dirt monkey. That's a general contractor landscaper in Minnesota. And he does a lot of drainage stuff with drainage tile and French drains, which is stuff I didn't know anything about. And I'm really into anyway. So I started watching this woman's show because I learned about it from this car YouTube. And, and then, like, three episodes go by where she's, like, it's a normal show. Like, here I'm renovating the kitchen or we're doing some mold remediation in the old guest house, you know. <laughs> and then the next what happens is she's just wearing a bikini through the whole show and she doesn't comment on it at all. And for, like, two or three episodes, it's just this, like, hugely booksome middle-aged woman in a bikini doing, like straight delivery of like a home renovation show and I got so uncomfortable watching it I just sort of stopped and unsubscribed because it was so weird and I was like how did I get into this K-hole all from watching a dude like renovate Lamborghinis it was really it was really weird but so that's all over <laughs> uh, and then I watched like a four part series sort of the dirt monkey on making a retaining wall and I was like spellbound it was so exciting yeah i watch a lot of that stuff it makes me happy uh i did watch two movies i'm starting to kick in we watched tenant or i watched tenant without emma i liked it a lot but the more i think about it the more i think it was problematic but i enjoyed it i spent you know three or four hours the next day trying to figure out most of it and i was like okay i get it except for the whole beginning of the opera actually doesn't fit into the movie at all and you could tell he just wanted to do it because it's on the Seder stone and he wanted an opera scene Uh, and then when I realized that I was like, okay, I'm not going to think about this anymore. And then as the days go by, I'm like, actually there's more problems with that film than I realized. But, uh, I enjoyed it. It was really good. It's not his finest work, but I'm satisfied with it. And then last night we watched wonder woman, 1984, WW 84. And it was terrible. Uh, Cal Godot is great. The Mandalorian guy is great. Uh, Kristen Wiig is great. The acting is great. Everybody's acting great. It's just the plot and the fashion. And it's got so many problems, I don't even know where to start. And it's kind of fun to watch for a while. And it had some decent comedy enough to keep you entertained. But, like, it does not hold up. It makes no sense. And I realized, you know, like, it was an unpopular thing to say about the first Wonder Woman that the plot was kind of bad. Because the end was bad, right? It really was. That long sort of, like fight with uh david thewlis who was a fantastic actor also but like as mars on the airport and it was just dumb right but the genius of the first wonder woman and one of the reasons everybody loved it is it was so good at the universe building with her like childhood and the like you know the uh, amazonians on their island and like that stuff was so good and it, you know and chris pine coming there that conceit was really good and but all that universe has been built, and they did nothing to continue it in this one. You know, they had a scene from the you know, flashback on that island, but that's not really the way it works. There's another whole plot point around the Amazonians, and they just throw it in there, like, oh, yeah, there's a plot point, and then it goes away. And you're like, wait, what? Why aren't you doing more of that? That's what's good about these Wonder Woman movies. And it was just, it was disappointing. I'm pretty bummed about it. Yeah. That's about it this week a uh, short one but i told you i was going to do one the day after christmas and i wanted to deliver and i wanted to say to you guys happy christmas and happy new year and i will talk to you guys in 2021 thank you so much for listening i hope your holidays are going great i hope you're hanging in there with this bullshit pandemic and political world and hopefully things will get better for us all soon take care